Welcome to Meanderings with Trudy, the podcast where typically you join me for a walk in the forest and we talk about how joy shows up in your life. That's still going to be happening, but we're going to do something a little bit different in season two. This is the first time where we're taking a slightly different path into the forest. One where we go in a little deeper, where we explore the ingredients of what makes up joy. My hiking partner for these meanders is Angie Arndt. She was a guest on our first season of Meanderings with Trudy around Christmas time. So you'll get to know Angie a little bit more as we go, but suffice to say that she's been built for these conversations. She has a ton more learning and experience than me in navigating the soul. The soul is really the primary home of joy and the place that we'll be exploring in this part of season two. So come on along with us as we take our first steps on this new path. I start by asking Angie to share her story. And in this conversation, we lay down a few markers about where we're going to go. We define community, at least what Angie means about community. We look at story. And Angie tells us a bit about her journey from the pulpit to where she is now, where she is coach, teacher, mentor, and community builder for those who see God and good as the same thing. Welcome to Meanderings with Trudy. I'm Trudy Chapman with Angie Arndt. Like as you know, I started the podcast to explore joy in in our lives and kind of try and offset the heaviness of of uh, of the time, uh, this pandemic time, um, and that's been great. And I think it served its purpose. Uh, and I'm going to continue doing that. I've got 30 plus yeah. episodes and, and it's been fun to check in with people. And I have more people in my mind that I want to talk with. But as I, as I, I spent time in the break, like I, I stopped the last podcast in July and I haven't, I haven't posted yeah. since. And I've been thinking, thinking, thinking and feeling into, you know, and remembering the conversations. And there, there are some themes that were coming out, you know, community and nature and gratitude and pizza and chocolate and stuff like that (laughs) so it's it's like and and as I've been looking at our world I've been seeing and feeling that need to answer the question for myself what's my part and Mm -hmm. how do I help to offset this heaviness and this um I, I don't I don't want to use a pejorative but there there seems to be a lot of negativity that's there and a lot of um, my way, I need my way, I need to be safe, I need to look after myself, as opposed to that focus on community that was coming out of some of the people's conversations and touchstones around joy. So how do I, is there anything that I could do to work on that? And so I wanted to try and begin to dive in um, to some of these themes and some of these ways of living what I would call or invite people into a good life. Yeah. A good community. How do we build that? And I'm using air quotes there because it's, you know, how do we define that? What does that mean? Yeah. Um, and it's going to be different for everybody. And that's all fine. But how do I stop looking at my safety and the safety of my family and where I am and start looking outside so that mm-hmm. when I'm making choices around the environment, uh, around mm-hmm. how I vote, uh, how I be in my life, I can begin to make those choices in concert with or in consideration of what other people also need. 
because I yeah. think we're going to need each other a lot more as we move into the next couple of decades for sure, but certainly the next couple of days and weeks. Mm. Um, and I didn't feel like I could do that on my own. I need to do this in, in concert with somebody else and particularly with somebody who's been sort of built for these kind of conversations in these times. And that made me think of you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There, there is an Old Testament story about a queen and that's you know neither here nor there but but her her famous takeaway line is uh, perhaps you were born for just such a time as these or just such a time as this right and i know that that line is now taken out of context and it belongs to a much broader uh story mm -hmm. um but i think about that often mm -hmm. is perhaps we were born for just such a time is this that everything that we have experienced garnered into ourselves gathered mm -hmm. um, could be of use in these days mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah yeah so as a starting point in a place of of digging in i was going to do a do a Brene brown on you <laughs> and she always starts her 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 podcast i think unlocking us us with the question mm -hmm. um Tell me your story. And as I thought about that, how, what story would I like from Angie? The story that sort of came up was along the lines of this, and it might not be the right question for you, and you feel free to shift it as you need to, but yeah. um, the way I wrote it was, how did you get to the point of being a spiritual leader for people who feel apart from religion but connected to their soul? Damn. Yeah, that is a story. That could take a whole year to tell that story. Uh-huh. Um, how do I get this place where I stand? I, you know, without going into a, a great deal of detail, but it was community that saved my skin when I was a kid. Um, and that community happened to be church. Mm-hmm. And the word community means so many different things to so many different people. And I know that it's a very popular word these days because I think there's a yearning in all of us to belong. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's not even stronger coming out of COVID, like that sense of isolation that we've experienced, like where do I belong and how do I fit in? And I, I need people, but I don't know how I need people because we've forgotten mm -hmm. what it means to belong other than... Um, I guess my definition of community then is, is those places where we can be with whatever is and hold that and carry that with one another for the good of the world. Not just to make ourselves feel better, but that we actually do something with the joy, to share the joy that we have, to carry the burdens that we carry. Right. That we, that we share the heartbreak, our own and each other's, and of the events of life in a way that they don't, weigh us down like a millstone but actually let us make something grow with them like mushrooms in the dirt i guess mm. um so we need those communities we need those places and they're not comfortable i mean they are not the community in that sense isn't just you know let's get together and 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 yuck it up that's good i mean we need those too but we need the communities where we can just really challenge each other and and um, be willing to be wrong to have our minds changed and and to know what our story then is so when you ask story because mm. you know story is a biggie for me like mm -hmm. 
But there is a story that we tell. Like, this is my job. This is what I do. This is where I live. You know, this is what happened to me as a child. This is why I do what I do. You know, that story with a small S to me. But story with a capital S is really something that I don't know that we ever completely know. Other than we get glimpses of it every now and again. And it changes. I mean, the way we tell it changes. The story mm-hmm. of who we are never changes. Um, anyhow, it was it was church that did that for me. And so, you know, you know, I am rooted in Christianity, but not Christianity like wishful thinking and not like, you know, so-and-so died to save your eternal soul and therefore you don't have any obligation to anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. It's that sense of just showing up for life. And right. And um, so because that's my understanding of it, and because that's my experience of it, that even when I was in a pulpit every Sunday morning or Saturday night, and even when it was my job to pray with and for people at their weddings and their funerals and to give, uh, to shine some light on old stories and make them relevant now and to hopefully plant seeds. That was my job for so long. But it never mattered to me if people believed or saw things exactly the same way that I did. It only mattered that people were willing to ask the question of what am I here to do? How do I make an imprint for good? Can we change each other for better? Can we, and therefore change the world? Can we continue to grow and be in community? And that means rubbing up against each other. That to me has always been the definition of Christianity the way I have understood it to be. It is not the popular definition of Christianity. Mm-hmm. It is not the textbook definition of what you see on Facebook anymore, or that is a Christianity full of exclusion and hate and one-upmanship and an in-and-out club. And that has always broken my heart. And I get tired. I get tired of making excuses for that. I get, I get tired of apologizing for that way of being. Right. Um, that's an exhausting kind of conversation to have. So the question of what's the story of how I got to where I am, is just a continual evolution of seeing people as I believe, I believe we are all doing our best. There's probably exceptions to that rule, but I believe we're all doing our best. And when given the opportunity to wrestle with the bigger picture of things, what's my purpose? Mm-hmm. What's my meaning? How can I do good here on my short time on this planet? I think we all crave those places. So whether you call it God with a capital G or good with a small G or the bigger picture or whatever, to me, that's just semantics. Mm -hmm. It matters to each person that we own that language. I will always say God, but I don't believe in the God that puppeteers us from the sky. I believe the God that lives and dwells in each each of us, no matter what we call it. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that answers your question. That's kind of a ramble. (laughs) Well, we are meandering. We are meandering. And I'm really good at that. (laughs) I'll just hang on and we'll go there. You bet. Yeah, I I continue to, what got me to where I am is I I believe that I've, I've learned and grown the most from people who say they would never darken the door of a church with good reason. And when they tell me their stories, it's mm-hmm. usually with good reason, not always, but usually with good reason. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when they tell me they don't believe in God, it's generally the same God that I don't believe in either. Yeah. But when we start to talk and wrestle with it, 
we're coming from different places, different languages, but towards the same means. And I have grown and learned so much, but it hasn't changed my mind and the belief that we are all connected and that life is sacred and that there are ways we need to tend that to keep it growing. There are traditions we need to hand on. There are rituals that make this easier mm-hmm. or more connected that make community happen. And yeah. I believe in those. Yeah. Yeah. Just semantics gets in the way sometimes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which leads me to the question why would our conversations which i hope to swirl around some of this why do you want to do them you said you prepared some stuff so why don't you talk to me (laughs) about where yeah where's where's your where's your oomph behind this that's a great question why do i want to you know i think that speaking of semantics i think i think i believe my experience is that there are some words or some things of language that have been um, wadded up in a ball and tossed away, mm-hmm. or they could stand some reclaiming. Right. And the best way I know to get at reclaiming those words is through story, mm-hmm. is through you and I batting a ball together here across the airwaves uh, for a while, and maybe somebody will listen in. Who knows? Yeah, And it might prompt somebody to think, what does grace mean? Yeah, Is that a thing? And well, I always thought that that was something that those churchy people did. But actually, mm-hmm. maybe there's something about grace that I could name, claim, and live into. I don't know. So there's words like grace, God maybe even. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there, there are words that are trigger words for a lot of people, but with a little bit of storytelling, mm-hmm. just to plant seeds to say, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't throw the bat- baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something to be had in these old, old, old things that have kept people breathing in and out and kind to each other and compassionate mm-hmm. for centuries that I think a lot of us are wont to give up on these days. Yeah. 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 I, other words I'd throw into the mixer like spirit. Yes. Spirit, soul. Soul. Absolutely. Soul. Mm-hmm. Community, um, community, but community not as an exclusive, but as an inclusive concept, because yes. there's so much my community, my community that's bandied around, and, and I'm seeing Mine. community with open open arms. Yeah, like pull up a chair to the table. Yeah, let's let's talk. Uh, We're not always going to agree. That's okay. Yeah. What about the word communion, which is at the same root as mm. community, meaning yeah. sharing what I have for a, something sacred is in. You know, it's not just magic bread and magic juice or wine. It's mm-hmm. just sharing the food we have and being real with each other. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Does mm. accountability come into it? Ooh, yeah. Mm. That's a good one. That's a prickly one. That's a prickly one. Accountability. Um, commitment. Mm. Um, Listening. Commitment. Listening. Yeah. Because yeah. it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to listen at the best of times, but I think it's really hard to listen when you don't agree. Yeah. Practice. You yeah. and I have talked about that from time to time, about mm-hmm. the need for intentional practice and not just checking off the motions. And, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. honest to God, good practice. Yeah, yeah. What and does it mean to practice and why does it matter? And why does it matter? And the first part of that, intentional practice because i think there's so much of our lives that we float through yeah and uh why does it matter 
if I pay attention? Why does it matter if I commit myself to doing something, being something, uh, trying to adopt a certain kind of energy that comes from within me, but is hard to live from? Yeah. Intention. Not, not intention, you know, you know no. but that's, that's the hard yeah. word. It is. Um, deliberate, maybe, would be mm. a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe deliberate yeah. more than intention, because intention, I find when I've worked with it with groups before, it's hard to get to the nub of what I mean by it. Mm-hmm. And if I yeah. have good intentions, then that's, a, that's, I can just assume that even if my impact has been, I hate that word, but eh. Even even if the way that what has resulted from whatever I've done uh, hasn't been what I wanted to or isn't as positive, at least I had good intentions. Yeah. It's like, mm, no, that doesn't get me off the hook. Part of the conversation is back to that mine, my community, my intentions, my mm-hmm. grace, my, mm-hmm. mine, mine. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what this conversation is, is... A recognition that starting with me and mine is good and fine. I, I do think that religion has abdicated that responsibility to, to, uh, to, for people to find the sacredness in their own selves. Mm-hmm. It's always been for the good of the whole or for, you know, look at me. I'm such a wonderful person. I wrote this check or mm-hmm. I went and, and sat in the hospital with somebody. Good, good things to do. But we've forgotten to see our own selves as something sacred. So instead of acting as though this is how what it means to be a good person or this is this is just what we do as people we do it because we're supposed to right we do it because that's what good people do which is very different um so it's i I think it's healthy to start with looking at our own selves Mm -hmm. and coming to wrestle with what it means to be human even wholly human yeah not just me right but me and, or I is a part of we, mm. as part of something bigger. So we start close in. There's a David White poem in there, but you start close in. And then, you, but you have to move beyond that to, to what is we. Yeah. And what's my part in we? Mm-hmm. And we could be you and I, we could be our immediate household, but we is also a much bigger picture than that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what I hope for in this conversation is... Not just a simple battering, ban, uh, bat, batting the ball around about, well, what does grace actually mean? Mm-hmm. Or what does community actually mean? I think those are helpful and insightful and, and good things to do. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that's merely an intellectual exercise. Yeah. That makes us fun at parties because we can have some table talk. <laughs> yeah. So listen, um, I want this to be more than an intellectual exercise, though. I hope that whoever listens to this, whether it's only, you know, my daughter. <laughs> because she has to um but if somebody hears this and and for some reason gets lit up with something just just some awareness that we matters yeah and i have a responsibility to the whole of the we to the whole of the we i just want to underline that the whole of the we because i agree with you it's not just me and the people i agree with me and the people that are in my family or my town or community or country or what have you it's 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 we it's all we it's an inclusive we yeah which can be overwhelming Mm. to think of oh my gosh well there's so much to do how can i possibly do it all i'm just going to go back to my old 
-hmm. You know, that's just too big. Mm -hmm. So again, we start close and we talk to the people we know. And maybe if that's all that gets transformed and grown in this lifetime, that's enough because it spreads. Yeah. I can't change the whole world. But I can change me. Mm -hmm. And maybe in that wrestling with grace or yeah i'm making it more than a fun word and i keep coming back to that word in particular i don't know why maybe it's because i'm hung i'm on i i I just i don't experience a lot of grace um well you're swimming against a tide you are yeah right in 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 some in in the in having been which which word do you prefer pastor or or minister for all the years that you did it or does it matter but you're swimming against that tide Yeah. yeah yeah And and saying, hey, you know, this all kind of started out in a in a good place, but the living into it isn't actually where I think I feel I want to be. No, no. And nobody likes to be called out on stuff, right? Oh no, no. <laughs> Who wants to be called out on stuff? <laughs> you know that that uh, I teach the enneagram. Yeah. Um, which is actually how we met. Yes. Um, and I've been pondering that here. Like the, the Enneagram is exploding in popularity, like, mm-hmm. you know, crazy. Like somebody mm-hmm. took the lid off of a boiling pot and it's just kind of splattering yeah. all over the place, which is really cool. I'm, I'm ecstatic about that, mm-hmm. the awareness of that. But I was also thinking about that the other day, about the damage that the Enneagram and spiritual work can do because it's one more shortcut to me knowing who I am and you knowing who you are or me knowing who you are. And therefore we can just get on with things. And maybe these conversations are kind of like what I believe about the Enneagram or spirituality or, or even religion. Mm-hmm. And we can pick apart those words in the days, weeks, months to come. Yeah. But I think all of those things give us a tool, provide us a map maybe even of ways that we can grow ever more real, kind of like the Velveteen Rabbit, you know, grow ever more real. And it's hard, painful work. But I think of tools, not just as in, um, I'm going to type something in and poof, it's going to happen, which Mm -hmm. that's the tool. I have an app on my phone for that. That's the tool that I have. Yeah. The tool is not going to do it for me. It's not going to tell me the tool is here. I'm going to hand you a hammer and a rusty old saw. Go. I don't know what to do with these things, but I'm going to learn and practice. So it's that kind of thing. I think, so these words, belonging, Mm, community, grace, grieving. Yeah. There's another word, you know, Mm -hmm. are our tools that we, that are rusty, rustic, in our hand, tactile things that we have that we get to play with them and they are not perfect and we're gonna make we're gonna saw the wrong board (laughs) we are gonna hammer nails crookedly Mm -hmm. if i can extend that analogy i don't know how well it works because i'm just coming up with it here but it's not but i i think we're so used to tools now just being something that we punch into a computer or punch into our phones and poof we have this perfect answer here's the seven steps or, or a map, here's your GPS, turn here, turn here, and you'll avoid that, and you'll you'll mistake that, and here's the exact time that you arrive. Maps aren't, in, that's not a map. Right. Maps are something you picked up at a 
you know, a, a gas station 10 years ago that may or may not still be fairly accurate that have coffee stains on them and, and Cheeto finger wipes from old road trips. And, and tears along the fold. And tears along the fold. <laughs> but you have to lay out and smooth and take a look at and say, okay, this is the general direction we're going. And there are mountains there and there's a river there and there there's probably still a highway there. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we're going to go. And they get, go, they get worn by our experience too, right? They get like... worn, yeah. And they change, but they're still in essence the same. That's all to say that I believe that, that those are the things I believe in mm-hmm. is that life gives us these tools, th- these maps. And if we're really fortunate, if we're really blessed, we let other people do it with us. Mm-hmm. Blessed, there's another word. Mm-hmm. We can wrestle with that sometimes. Um, because we need each other. We can't, you know back where I come from, we call it John Wayne and uh, like cowboy our way through this. Mm-hmm. And right. Um, it's not an individual thing. We really need each other to journey up with this. Say, what do we do now that we got here and the road is washed out or, Oh, there's a detour or, Oh, there's another road. Should we take that? I don't, I believe that we're in the middle of a labyrinth and I've experienced it myself. We're in the middle of this labyrinth that I, I can't see from whence we came. Mm-hmm. the good old days maybe yeah and i can't see the thing that's promised but i gotta trust to keep putting one foot in front of the other and i it, and that's really hard to do when it's dark and mm-hmm. and you can't see either way yeah yeah so actually trust is another one of those words right trust is another one of those words mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how do we want to unpack all of this because if there's one thing that i've learned from you I come at things. I'm more linear. I'm like, here's linear. what we're doing. Blah, 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 blah. And that's not the Angie way. <laughs> Angie's a shower. I'm a teller. And that's a, that's a good combo. Maybe we could call this the show and tell hour. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we, how do we want to like, what, what, if we were to articulate an offering to, to somebody to say, mm-hmm. hey, come and come and hear our, our, our gap fest here. Uh, how do we how do we help them unpack this stuff? You have a topic of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, whether that is listening or oh wholehearted. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot being done about that right now, right? With there. with Brene, but I mean uh, I I dearly love Brene Brown and I will never ever say anything against everything that she is doing. And sometimes it feels performative. Mm. Yeah. And I, I know it's coming from a good place and a big heart and all of that. I'd like to step away a little bit from the, the yeehaw woohaw around it and, and really try and honestly swim in those waters so that in a way that helps us on board it in a more practical way. Well, you just named, I think exactly what we have been talking about with other words Mm -hmm. and other instances, but the wholehearted uh, idea is not Brene Brown's. I mean, Thomas Merton wrote about it extensively in the 1940s and 1950s, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't his either, Mm -hmm. that he picked it up from a lineage. It is a very religious, spiritual lineage in which that phrase comes. Mm -hmm. Brene popularized it. 
I mean, yeah. it, because people, again, are hungry for that, but don't yeah. know how. Mm-hmm. Um, so how am I wholehearted? And she has tapped into a yearning. Yes, absolutely. But with, without my opinion, without the deliberate practices mm-hmm. that let us get into the wholehearted, to true wholeheartedness of heartache and heartbreak mm-hmm. and heart, hearts on fire and the elation of that, whatever the happy mm-hmm. version of that is, you know, mm-hmm. to being lit up. Yeah. All of that without being real with it, we, you can't be wholehearted. And I think a lot of the, the phenomenon about wholehearted, right, wholeheartedness right now does not come from that tradition. It comes from, I read this book and I'm going to be wholehearted and here's how I'm going to do it. It is a doing and not a being. Right. So we can absolutely take that word back or reclaim it again. That I, be- I believe Brene Brown came at it from that tradition, that I know that she's Episcopal at, at her core and that that's where she picked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just one of those words that became popularized and probably trademarked now. Uh, mm. is, that mm-hmm. started somewhere else and had a, has a very distinct di- or parameter around it. Right. But what, what's that phrase? We, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Yes, absolutely. And and I don't know that, not that we can't have original thought, but original thought comes from our lived experience, the things that we've read, the, the yeah. things that have impressed upon us. Yeah. And from that place, then I put my mark. Absolutely. On whatever this is. When that happens as part of a lineage and a tradition, and you make your mark then, or claim this as your own and add your voice to it, then it has weight to it. It has rootedness. It has, and then it does scratch that itch that we all feel because there's a sense of this isn't mine, mm-hmm. but it's something that I can add to for the sake of we again. I, I experience spiritual practices the same way mm-hmm. that there are many places right now saying, hey, you want to feel better about your life? Here's seven steps. Mm. Here's a class you can take. Here's a weekend retreat. Here's this. And and we open up this can of worms that nobody was anticipating Mm -hmm. because it doesn't, because it's not rooted or anchored in that. Not that it has to be religious, not that it has to be done perfectly, not it has to be done as the ancients did. And therefore we shall always, Mm -hmm. but when it's that baton handing for the purpose of genuinely passing on a tradition or living into a story, then then we do acknowledge that it comes from somewhere and there's great um, care to be taken with this. Well, and maybe that's why you keep rounding back in your, in your brain to grace and mm-hmm. I keep coming back to spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious now about mm. um, these days. And I especially caught myself on um, the first Truth and Reconciliation Day mm. of a yearning for Indigenous practice. Some of us look upon that from a perimeter mm-hmm. and hear the stories that have been handed down around campfires for generations and um, see uh, rituals and traditions that have been handed down or not. They have been broken mm-hmm. apart in some places and people are yeah. yearning to bring them back. And those of us who didn't grow up with that, look at that 
with yearning mm-hmm. because we can see the importance of it in a culture and we can see what happens when it doesn't exist in a culture. Mm-hmm. And there may be a tendency for some of us to want to glom on to that practice mm-hmm. of those people mm-hmm. as a way to fill our own ache and void, to wet our own souls, to find. So um, I, I have been watching with curiosity from the side wondering what kind of practices that we all carry and have that are ours to own, that may not be the cool practices, that may not be the ones that are really popular right now, that may not. How do we reclaim those practices that have given meaning in life to our people, whoever our people are Mm -hmm. over the years? And how do we add to those now instead of throwing them away and taking on someone else's? Mm -hmm as a quick fix, as a replacement, as, as, a, as something to make us feel better, as um, I don't know. And I don't know that I have an answer and I'm not able to articulate it clearly, but um, I think there's multiple things that had, you know, a lot of us take yoga without understanding the, the history of yoga. Like I just, I just want to be stretchier. I just, I just, I just want to be able, I want my hips not to hurt. Um, without understanding, uh, a lot of us Marie Kondo our houses, thinking if I just get rid of all the crap and we don't understand the Shinto tradition of which that comes. Um, sure, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I've had this with um, a couple of my clients in meditation, longtime meditators, uh, mm. struggling with keeping my mind blank is what I get, and it's like, oh yeah, I know. And she's making these these screechy, ah, yeah, and it's like, okay. So tell me more about your practice. Yeah. What does it mean to you to meditate? Yeah. And how does that, how does that become something you bring into your life? Which is really the whole point of it. Right. Yeah. And I asked that question and I know that I made a face with that. (laughs) Um, But it's, but it's very true because. Because it's triggering Mm -hmm. for me because I, My experience, again, has been that a lot of us were taught that the correct way to meditate was to empty ourselves. Mm -hmm. And yet we don't have any experience with or ownership over the traditions that claim that emptying ourselves is a way to open ourselves up to God or to life or Mm -hmm. to Allah or to, again, the bigger picture of things. Mm -hmm. We just want to empty ourselves because that's the right thing to do and then fight with ourselves constantly and work for years, decades. I know practitioners have been at it for decades and still beat themselves up Mm -hmm. because they can't empty themselves. But there's no context around that about why. Why does that matter? What is it? Generally, it's just because that's how you do it. I just want to feel better. I'll feel better if I'm empty. That's right. And, And then you quickly get into spiritual bypass kind of thing, right? If I can Absolutely. just avoid feeling this way by meditating, then then I've I've given myself a break, I've had a rest, uh, I feel great afterwards. Yeah. And you know, my question is always, do you? Yeah. And I, I wanna hang on to that. I wanna yeah. hang on to that feeling of great. Yeah. And I mean from in in my view, meditation is 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 a way of being present to what's alive in you without holding yeah. on to it. Right. Like at a very, which is a different practice. Some yeah, people yeah. would simply call that mindfulness practice. Mm-hmm. And I am at not at all. And I don't want this to be heard as being over and against or bashing the traditions where emptying is yep. it. 
that is a meaningful practice for millions of people around the world. And mm -hmm. it does allow them to connect more deeply with life. Mm -hmm. That is not my tradition or practice. And, uh, and I, and for a lot of the people that I get to work with, it is not their tradition or practice either. So it's almost like they are taking on mm -hmm. uh, the tradition of someone else in hopes that it will make their life easier or better. Mm -hmm. And anytime we take on the tradition or practice of someone else simply to make our lives easier and better, mm -hmm. it's going to go bad. Mm -hmm. It's just going to go bad because we don't have that in which we can stand. Maybe you mm -hmm. just said something about spiritual bypassing, and maybe that's what the purpose of this whole conversation is between mm -hmm. you and I. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. It's easy to spiritual bypass. Yeah. I mean, you hop on a highway, you're going. Yeah. And I want to avoid pain and I don't want to be sad and I want to feel better. And, and so a lot of us come to spirituality. I did, mm -hmm. even as a little girl, I came to it that way of, I, I just want to feel good. And maybe God will do that for me. Or maybe this prayer will do that for me. Maybe this story will do that for me. And you know what? It does. We experience that, like when we just get to name what's real for us or when we get to sit silently for a while, somehow magically, mysteriously, life does feel lighter mm -hmm. because of the practices and things that we do in there. But then as life gets going and we get back, on, you know, all of a sudden here comes these things that ache us, that hurt yeah. us, that, that have us grasping for joy, grasping at it as if we're swallowing air And we don't want to do it. And so we try and bypass those moments thinking that they are not sacred. They are not something to uh, something that where life can be found. Mm -hmm. And maybe this conversation is just to put a dog ear on those moments and say, you know what? That's the, life the too. spiritual, mm -hmm. the sacred, the soulful, the holy, the, the realness is in everything. Mm hmm. And so if you're scooting along through your day and you happen to stumble across this podcast for a while, for a moment, we're just going to pause with you and point out the sacredness in the giving and receiving of grace. Mm -hmm. um, the places where we do and don't listen. Mm -hmm. What we can learn from each other in any given moment about what it means to be alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The pause cast. The pot. Yes, the pause cast. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And sometimes yeah. we'll invite the dogs and cats and we'll call it the Absolutely. pause cast. <laughs> P-A-W-S. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. So the idea is to have these chats, you know, once every... Uh, once every month, once every six weeks. What's work? What works for you? You're, you're a busy a gal. Once a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think once a month. Okay. Because not only is this a conversation that I delight in talking to you all the time. Period. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. Likewise. But I also see this as a practice. Yeah. What is my experience as a as a longtime teacher of a tradition? Mm -hmm. As a marker of ritual. Mm-hmm as a meaning maker out of the daily stuff, mm -hmm. as an evoker of the sacred of this moment. Mm -hmm. Some would call it priest, some would call it minister, some would call it witchcraft, some would call it a variety of names. But my job has always been to simply pay attention and bless, pay attention and bless, 
pay attention and bless. Mm -hmm. And here in these COVID days, it's been easy to forget that for me. Um, and I know for a number of other people too. So this conversation is as much my practice as it is a, a way of bestowing some sort of ancient knowledge or wisdom mm -hmm. yeah. or not. Well, this is our way of standing on the shoulders of, right? It absolutely is with gratitude and grief and generosity. And in yeah. a deliberate fashion. And in a deliberate fashion. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll pick this up where we left off and we'll pick a theme for next uh, for next time. We will. Yeah. Thanks, Angie. Thanks, Trudy. The pause cast. The pause cast. <laughs> So thank you for joining us for this first in our series of Meanders with Angie Arndt. While we're going to explore joy and how things like belonging and grace, ritual, commitment, and so on, can help us build joy in our own lives, we are also interested in hearing from you. If there's something you'd like us to explore, shoot us a note at meanderingswithtrudy at gmail.com and we'll noodle on it. If it feels right, we'll center that topic in one of our upcoming Meanders. As always, please subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts, and don't forget to listen to the regular Meanders with my other friends. There's a lot to explore there, too. Thanks for joining us. I'm Trudy Chapman. <laughs>